All right. Well, welcome everyone to Wine, Women, and Words. I'm Michelle, and with me, of course, is Diana. Hello. And uh, this evening, we have a special guest. Uh, Izina is joining us. Thank you so much for, for joining us tonight. Well, thanks for inviting me. This is fun. And As my, my watch starts going off to tell me it's time for me to do this exercise thing. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was just making sure. I was like, oh, crap, I forgot to turn my ringtone uh, off just in case I end up getting a phone call in the middle of the show. That I know. I turned off my phone, but not my stupid watch. So now <laughs> everything is off. So I'm super excited tonight because I saw, you know, I'm all about, you know, the the best wines, at, you know, the best, the most expensive wines. And the $5 Target bottle was out yesterday. And I decided to experiment and I bought a carton, a little carton of wine. That is so cute. And it's Pinot Grigio. It's adorable. It's like, it's like a juice box, right? Yeah. <laughs> and there are three glasses Mommy of wine juice box. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, I poured it in a real glass, so it looks classy. But it's yeah, actually really good. because we got company. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I figured it might be a little weird if I just stuck a straw in it, but you definitely yeah. could. No, that wouldn't be weird at all. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it needs a different label. It needs to say mommy juice on it, and right? every mom would know this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we need to rebrand this. There's a whole market that needs to be tapped on. <laughs> oh, I love that there is a wine out there with a the label called Mom's Time Out. Ooh, I like that. Yes. That really? Mm -hmm. Why have I not heard of that? <laughs> and what are you drinking tonight, Azina? I am drinking a Merlot by, um, it's a winery in Paso Robles. Paso Robles wine, Winery, actually. And okay. it's one of their vegan ones, which I've never had before. Oh, oh that's amazing. That works. <laughs> I wonder what makes wine vegan. I mean. You don't use the, the corks. that the, Usually the corks are, from what I understand, they are dipped in some type of, Brine that has uh, cow. I'm trying to say this cleanly. <laughs> the way they explained it to me, because I'm like, what makes wine vegan? And they said, well, normally our corks are dipped in this brine, which really has like juice from animals. And I'm like, okay. okay. And this okay. does not. All right, cool. I, I can handle right. that. <laughs> no. And I'm drinking a gingerbread tea that I got from France um, oh. and La Croix. Because, uh, yeah, I learned a long time ago back in uh, my party days never to mix sinus infection medication with alcohol. <laughs> you will wake up in a bed in the middle of a hotel room with some large woman flying in the air and landing on top of you. Um, it's scary, and I learned my lesson very early. So <laughs> I'm just making tea tonight. But I love your teacup. <laughs> Yes, it's very cute. Yes, Ultimate Beauty and the Beast fan. Yes. And it even so, comes with a little chip on the side, so it's even even cuter. I love it. So we um you know we were getting the the email, the pre-interview emails um from your assistant and she um was kind of highlighting some of the the work that you do and 
you really do everything. It's it's really kind of intimidating because she was she was like, well, if you're focusing on on her poetry, you can you know, like for your books for for these books. If you're focusing on fitness, uh, here's a link to the hot girl diet, which I'm really interested about. By the way, oh, yeah, I need to check that. Um, out. <laughs> this is the month of the hot girl diet. <laughs> so how do you how do you find the time to, to do everything? Oh, you know, that's an interesting question because things just kind of come. I don't really find the time, you know. It's, I have this program that's called the 40 Day Book Challenge and I always try to get a book written in 40 days. Or if I'm gonna write a film, I try to write the film in 40 days. Or if I'm gonna record an album, I try to do that in 40 days. So. I have this idea that projects need to be finished and move on to the next. And so I just kind of put myself on a calendar like, okay, this is going to be done at this time period and so on and so forth. And I just forced myself to get it done because years ago when I first started writing, you know, a book would take me forever because I'd put it down, you know, I'd be blocked or I'd go off to something else or I'd get in my head about, you know, whatever and it would take me a long time to get things done so by giving myself hard deadlines i find that i can just make it happen mm -hmm. you know like they say time expands to the time that you have available and for whatever reason 40 days works for me <laughs> i figured if it worked for jesus <laughs> <laughs> that's a good philosophy <laughs> Wow, 40 days. I can't, I don't even know if I've ever finished anything in 40 days. I'm going to put myself to that challenge. Maybe not writing a book. Maybe we'll start small. Like, well, yeah. Know, the National November Writers Month. Um, I did finish a book twice in 30 days. Look at you. 40 days, that's like luxurious. <laughs> that's like, I love it. That's I a 10-day cushion to edit. Mm-hmm. Right. I know. It's like you write it and then edit, 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 and it's back. All the book trailer and all that good stuff. You guys know how that goes. So it's like, yeah. but 30 days, my gosh, I feel like a slob now. Maybe I should tighten my goal and do it in 30. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that 30 days, I mean, and it's a challenge and it's a good exercise. I love it because that's what helped get me to the point of having to write every day where if I'm not writing, Every day, I feel like there's something wrong, and I go through the withdrawals, yeah. missing it. Even if it's even if it's editing, I have to be able to do it every day. And when I was doing uh, NaNoWriMo, it's my goal was 1,700 words per day, and that was the push. And I went from writing maybe a couple hundred words a day to a thousand words a day, and then just over a thousand words a day, so that it became just natural ingrained habit of this is what I do. I don't just sit and watch television. I sit and type and work and write. It became part of the daily life and the pay daily ritual. So, yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. So, and you even have the number countdown. I didn't even have the number count. I'm just like, okay, here's my finish line. Let's just make sure I'm there at the finish. But I like your approach of breaking it down to day. Yeah, little goals, having those little goals every single day kind of, I'm, I'm a little goals person. I'm not just a, a big goals person. It's, I see the big picture. I focus, I, I get focused really easily on the big picture, but it's also 
those little steps to make it to the bigger step. That's so important for goals. Absolutely. Right now, well, some, you know, there are some days that my biggest goal is to have the house still standing at the end of the day. So, <laughs> some, some days that's my major accomplishment. Other days it's like, wow, I really powered out and did, did a lot today. <laughs> so when Diana first, um, you know, emailed me about you and told, and, you know, told me that she wanted to have you on the show, she mentioned that you, um, have like a lot of, uh, you do mantras like to, to self-motivate and I was like I feel like that would be a really useful interview for me to have because she texted me about it on a day that my kids were like within an inch of my sanity like it was it was a bad day and I was like I, I, I feel like that is an interview that will speak to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know mantras are are something that they have really helped me since I started the practice of doing them. And I really just love sharing them with people because there's so many of them, you know, even just as simple as ohm, you know, just ohming in the middle of the day instead of flipping someone off when they cut you off in traffic has been really helpful in that way. <laughs> I'm going to ohm you right now. <laughs> and it's kind of like my time out sometimes too. We were talking about mommy time out. Uh, earlier, but um, it's kind of like my time out, you know, I just take that time and it's like, mm, you know, and I just kind of tap into that quiet space, even if the world around me is just kind of going in circles, you know, and I think more women, it would totally help us to stay centered because these women, we have so much stuff going on and so many responsibilities. I mean, you're a mom, you're a businesswoman, you're a writer, you got all this stuff going on in your life. And, you know, when do you take time out for you? Mm -hmm. You know, and sometimes you don't have it, but maybe mm -hmm. just, you know, a couple minutes of, of deep breathing or a couple minutes of, of saying a mantra, you know, would be that gift, you know, piece. So, you know, my latest project, Grace, is really about sharing with women these really simple mantras that they can use when the world feels like it's falling apart all around you, which <laughs> you have those little micro minutes all the time, you know, it's like, ah, you know, mm -hmm. for me with my dog, when she's barking and going eight crazy, I got in the phones ringing and, you know, my emails overflowing. It's like, good God, I need a minute for me just to refocus so I can get back to that. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna share that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, love it. I mean, I find in the middle of the day sometimes where it's just like, okay, like I'll cherish like my lunch breaks during the day job where it's like, because I'm by myself, it's just me and an attorney and I can just turn everything off and shut everything down and just die in a time, pure and simple, just by myself, quiet, take a breather, yes, you know, focus on my breathing and everything and then move forward. That's yeah, why I'm falling asleep and during the kids' bedtime because that the night that's that's my time. Even though it's usually also like, oh, it's deadline day, so I have to write my article or whatever. But then at least I can write and have like Grey's Anatomy playing in the background. <laughs> but if my editor is watching, like, like white noise, isn't it? When you're writing, it's like so good. <laughs> 
And I love it. I found that, like, um, if I'm writing and I have the television on, I either have to have, like, music on in the background. Because I think I mentioned this to you. I've got my playlists for every project. But if I have a television on, it has to be a quality television show with, like, quality writing. So I can't just do some random um, reality show. That won't do it. I have to have something with good writing, whether it's Sherlock or a Doctor Who or some other, even um, Black Mirror. That's been my latest obsession. Um, those, I have to have something like that of quality of substance in the background, even if it is white noise, because that gets into your head. Mm -hmm. So for some what of the other stuff, I'm sorry? I was asking Michelle, like, what else does she do, like, for, to keep it all together? Because you're doing a lot as well. You have so much on your plate. Um, well, you, you know, I actually, I don't, and, and I do, do, I'm getting, I'm doing my master's degree right now, and I do freelance writing, and then this, and attempting to write a book, maybe. <laughs> On my good days, my dog really feels bad that he ate a box of my cookies. He never comes over here and puts his head in my lap, and he's like right here right now. The um, probably got a tummy ache. They were chocolate chip cookies too. So, oh yeah, he's got a tummy ache. Oh yeah, zero sympathy from me. But <laughs> um, he hasn't grown up yet. Like I'm, he's probably getting ready to yak. Oh, three times. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wake up, I try to wake up really early. I try to wake up at like 4.30 every morning and that's usually my time and I write and I, I get work done and that, I enjoy doing that. So that's kind of like my unwinding time, even if it's, you know, before the crack of dawn and no one else is awake, but it's so nice to come downstairs when the house is quiet and you know, chaos hasn't erupted yet. Um, but I don't know. I don't, I don't really do anything that's like regularly for mm -hmm. me. I'm trying to learn to set aside like a moment for myself, even if it's just like 30 seconds hiding in, in the pantry or no. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, you mentioned getting up at 4.30 in the morning. That is the hour. Like in yoga, they teach us that is the hour to do our meditative practice or prayer or whatever. And so the fact that you get up at 4.30 is really beautiful because you are connecting to that other world, that, that clear veil where we can tap into, you know, extreme consciousness. So it's really cool that you're automatically doing that. Some people have to go through yoga for years and like, okay, I get up at 7.30 and now 6.30 and now 5.30 and now 5.30. I'm the kind of person where I find I work better at night. I'm a night owl. I am, for some reason, I create, I'm more creative once the sun goes down. Um, I could stay up all night and i have done that where i have stayed up all night just writing and creating and i'm up at three o'clock in the morning when my husband's walking through the door from work uh, we're just both he and i are just both really big night owls so the idea of 4 30 in the morning being the night of like the time hour of wisdom like is that like just that hour or do you have is there something like <laughs> <laughs> something for us night owls 
Of course. I mean, the night aisle, you're still tapping into that energy. You're saying you're up late. You're up till three o'clock in the morning. You're still getting, you know, a piece of that energy that mm -hmm. time of the morning. Mm -hmm. so that's really cool too. I can't stay up late. Like I'm 9 30, 10 o'clock. Like it's lights out for me. I'm like a kid. And then at 4, 4 30 in the morning, I'm up, you know, it's like, okay, now it's time to meditate and, you know, prepare for the day and all that good stuff. But you're doing it automatically. Like you, have you done yoga before, Michelle? Um, like a couple times pre and post workout a few yeah. times. Uh, I really love the idea of yoga, but my, <laughs> my flexibility is not so much with the concept of yoga. Well, it's interesting because Kundalini yoga is a little different. It has nothing to do with flexibility. It's more about the chanting and you take the chant into the yoga. So maybe give that a shot one day. Maybe I should give you guys a class, like a free little, like let's do some Kundalini. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so what is what is your your routine? I mean, you mentioned that you wake up at four thirty and you prep for the day. And when when you set a, a forty day challenge for yourself, is it like do you have okay these forty days is this project, and as soon as that is over, we're moving on to this project, or do you take some some time in between to kind of regroup? I should take the time to regroup, but I don't. I'm one of those crazy people that, you know, I set, I'm next to my calendar here and it's like all the things that I'm going to do in the next year, like all my releases through the entire year on the calendar and my start and finish dates for each project. So I just kind of go, 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 go. It's really kind of sick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't break. You know, because I don't know, I have this idea in my head, like, if I break, like, then what happens if I take a break? Like, I don't even know what that looks like. Like, what would that look like? I don't know. It you know, it's like kind of the fear. I'm having a forced break. It's not fun. Because um, it's, that was just me, it was go, 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 go. Every, yeah. every space that I had was fully booked with something. And then finally, I think my body just said, that's it. That's enough. We are taking a break. And it, 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 did, it did it to the point where I was like, okay, now I actually have to listen to you and not just put you on snooze. And that happens. I mean, that's happened to me before too, where I've gotten so sick. It's like crash time. But even while I'm, I'm down, I'm just like, okay, how am I going to make up the time? And for whatever reason, the time always gets made up, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think that's just a sign of very determined and driven people because I think, you know, Diana and I, we have very different schedules. We have very different lives, but no matter what, like we don't like downtime. I have like, if I have time away from my kids, like when they're at daycare and I finish up earlier than what I was expecting and I have like free time, I don't know what to do with that time. <laughs> It's like was it last week that I was sending you ideas of things that you could do. Yeah, she was like, go to brunch, go like think big, like go out, go do something. <laughs> like, well, I'll go home clean or <laughs> I, I could do laundry. But I but I think that's just like when your mind won't shut down, you always have something that, that you know you could be doing. Mm -hmm. No, it's so true. That's why I have to schedule in my downtime every day with my yoga practice in the morning. Mm -hmm. You know, I get up, part of the 
practice is to get up and take a cold shower. Oh, or so you already practice and then you're on a. So that's just kind of my downtime's kind of built in every day, but I still have those times where I completely crash when I get sick. And that totally sucks, but it happens. <laughs> it does, because I, I think when the, that happens, it's a lot of it's us just not listening to our bodies saying, okay, we need Absolutely. to for a little bit, yeah. So we mentioned it earlier, but I'm really curious about what this hot girl diet is. <laughs> the hot girl diet is so funny. This book started, I used, as a touring musician, I toured like all over the world and people would ask me, like on my tour stops, they wouldn't ask me about my music or anything like that. People would always say, how do you stay in shape? And I'm like, why are they asking me about my music? They're asking me about fitness. So from that, I decided I would put together the hot girl diet and it's just, a method of self-care, kind of what we're talking about right now, you know, building in your downtime every day and figuring out how your body operates the best. You know, it's not saying any particular way of eating is better, but just kind of uh, what that looks like. And so there's a vegetarian, there's pescatarian, there's the omnivores, there's all these different groups of eaters and if you eat whatever way you eat do it in the healthiest way and i think that people as i was interviewing people going around you know people would eat a lot of low quality food and they wouldn't exercise a lot and they go oh i hate exercising and i'm like well do you like to dance well oh i love to dance well then that's your movement you know and just kind of guiding people into a way of finding or putting together really systems for themselves you know, so it's not a judgmental book like you have to be vegan or you have to be vegetarian or pescatarian or whatever, keto or whatever. It's nothing like that. It's really about helping people to find out how your body operates optimally, what system your body uses to operate optimally in doing it, you know, setting up a system where it works. And for women that I talked to, it was just the whole exercise thing. You know, it's like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym, you know. It, it was mostly that. And then the eating, you know, the, the emotional eating and how we get out of emotional eating and just looking at food as nutrition instead of just emotional. But, you know, for my culture, you know, every holiday you got this gigantic meal, you know? And so we associate- I'm Italian, I know exactly. Yeah, yeah, we associate happiness with those meals, those mm -hmm. fattening meals, which back in the day they had to eat it because it was cheap. And affordable, mm -hmm. and now you know we don't necessarily have to eat the way our families ate. We can still eat it, but healthier version. So, you know, it talks about that emotional eating. It talks about movement, and it talks about self esteem, and and how you know when you have a self a healthy self esteem, you work hard to take care of yourself, both mind, body, and spirit. Mm -hmm. But if you're not so, you know, healthy you tend to let some of those areas go. You may not, you know, give yourself enough movement. So you might gain extra kilos, you know, you might not um, give yourself enough quiet time or alone time, or you might not um, give yourself the best quality food that you can afford. So the hot girl diet is just about putting a whole system together for each individual person so that they can optimally operate. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I love it. In a fun you way, in a fun way. You know, and I talk about getting groups of girls together and having hot girl booty parties and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, going to Zumba or doing whatever, but just making it fun because women, we're very social. Yes. And, you know, we do really well when we have our girl posses with us mm -hmm. and just, you know, putting that together and making that a part of your lifestyle. Mm hmm. So, yeah. I love that. That's awesome. That's and it's you know you mentioned that it's a non-judgmental approach, and I feel like that you know fitness and diet it can be a little judgmental depending on how you approach it because that every diet is saying you know we are the diet that that you should do if you want to be healthy. So mm -hmm. to kind of take that away, that takes a lot of pressure out of individuals who are trying to get healthy because it offers you a way to to do it your way but still you know get healthy and get fit so i really like that thank you yeah it was just an uh, just something to get women together to talk about and to really just find what works for you because i was meeting all these fat vegans and uh, people would go i'm vegan i don't understand why i'm heavy and i'm like how much nuts how many nuts do you eat <laughs> You know, what kind of yogurt are you consuming? Like, really, let's look at the vegan diet. You know, it's full of fat. So without enough movement, you know, you're going to gain. Yeah, and, and also looking at the best quality, too, because I know yes. some vegetarians and some vegans who eat very little vegetables. Mm -hmm. And it's all that processed soy yes. stuff. Yes, yep. One of the reasons why I stopped um, being a vegetarian is because I wanted, I didn't want to eat a lot of processed food. And I found myself having to go towards a lot of the processed foods. And I just didn't want that because, you know, it's not the best quality for what you're getting. Yeah, and you're trying to mimic the original things. You're trying to mimic the pasta. You're trying to mimic the meat and all this stuff with all these fatty things. And a lot of it is soy. <clears throat> And soy is not the greatest thing for women. You know, it's not the greatest thing for our hormones. It really causes us to get off balance. And so mm -hmm. being vegetarian and eating all of this seton, which is, you know, the wheat meat and eating all of the soy, you know, that's excess in the body. And again, no judgment, but everything in moderation, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. which makes being vegetarian and vegan challenging, I think. Yes. Well, and then, um, you also have a podcast. Um, the Guitar Goddess, which I could see behind you in your lovely screen behind you. <laughs> My step and repeat, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that and where people can find you for that. Guitar Goddess is a podcast that I started uh, eight years ago uh, for female guitarists. And so what I wanted to do is just create a healthy community where women can come and talk about being, you know, women in the music business. Um, it's not so easy being a woman in a male-dominated business, um, especially when you're a musician. So you're constantly being degraded because your skill set. So I wanted to create a, uh, I call it a love hub, where women can kind of get together and talk about gear, and they can talk about you know touring, staying safe on the road, and you know collaborate together and. You know, I just wanted a community where women could feel good together and talk about music without being judged or, mm -hmm. you know, talk about buying gear without having some guy like drown out whatever you're saying because they know best. And I'm not saying all men are that way, mm -hmm. but 
being a musician, playing what is considered a man's instrument has not been easy. And I felt like all the female guitarists really could use a community. And so I just started it with Guitar Goddess. I have a podcast, which is on every week, um, guitargoddess.com. And I interview female guitarists from the person who just bought her guitar to, you know, the the star guitarist. So we've got everybody in between. We've got Paula Cole. We've got, you know, a nine-year-old from London. I interview everybody and just talk about their experience because we all learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even talking to the little nine-year-old, I was just like, oh my gosh, like she was blowing my mind wide open because her perspective was so fresh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you know, and then talking to Paula Cole, who, you know, Grammy Award winner, you know, Lori McKenna, Grammy Award winner, just hearing their journey and Mm -hmm. all the women in between has just been so remarkable. And so, you know, Guitar Goddess is out there. If there's any other female guitarists, I know that you are a guitarist and I want to talk to you about your experience (laughs) with, with guitar and music and how you use it in your life. Um, but yeah, you can find me at guitargoddess.com and uh, forward slash podcast if you're, no, I'm sorry, guitargoddess.com uh, slash radio if you want to hear all the podcasts. There are about, I think, 70 or so um, mm-hmm. webisodes and, and we have more because I shoot every week at LA Talk Radio here in LA. So yeah, that's pretty much that. <laughs> Yeah, so you have like a real setup and stuff with LA Talk Radio, huh? Yeah, it's good. It's good. I really love the people over there. There's great shows on on the station and mm-hmm. you know, it's just a great place. So if you're ever looking, that would I would point you in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. We joined a um a group, a podcast group to, you know, talk and learn more and to elevate the show more. And it was so funny because I talked about what we currently did. Uh, do and somebody was like oh that's so DIY of you (laughs) I was like okay really all right then we're so cute (laughs) no no, I love it I love it because it's so real like your show is like so no pressure and it's so cool and you know you're not worried about your hard ins and hard outs with your hour and you can just kind of do you don't have to get dressed up and drive anywhere you know you can just be you and I think that's beautiful Mm-hmm. That you know, and that's what we want for the show is you know just this um, low key, laid back. Uh, this is a lot of how like Michelle and I normally talked um, when we talked and drank wine, and we always talked about books. And we wanted a community of readers. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, men are welcome too. We had plenty of men on the show, as well as you know, male listeners. But we just want a community of book lovers and wine lovers, and it's the one. I wanted to focus on the positive aspects of social media and of the technology that's coming out. Cause there's plenty of negative out there, but like, I love it with like podcasts like yours and like here with one on words, we create a community of like storytellers and sharing experiences. Uh, Cause the technology is just making the world all that much more smaller. And it's in a lot of ways, it's really good. I think it's beautiful because we all get to tell our stories and share Mm -hmm. and like you introduced me to a new book tonight. Mm -hmm. Like I love that so much because I love reading, but I don't know everything. And I definitely don't read science science fiction, but you're like, okay, this book, I'm like, okay, I'm down. (laughs) (laughs) 
my girls are reading it, I need to read it, right? So, <laughs> I, I love that. And I love sharing, sharing, yeah. you know, these experiences. Mm -hmm. And I thank you all so much for having me on the show. This has been a lot of fun. And, and I'm looking forward to, um, you know, hearing more episodes. I've listened to like five. Okay. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. It's, it's very good. It's good. Um, and keep keep going. Keep doing what you're doing. If I can be of any help of any way, in any way, let me know. I'll definitely share the the link when this is is up. But um, yeah, and we'll be well, sharing all of your links on. We've got a Facebook page, so we'll be sharing all of your links. Everything Samantha sent me, plus you. your um, your guitar goddess uh, link, because I know ever. People are always looking for new podcasts uh, to listen to. So I will be definitely sharing that as well. Thank you. So thank, you. thank you so much for joining us. And like I said before we went live, you're welcome to, to stay and hang out as we talk about our book of the month. Um, we're uh, getting ready to welcome the author Deborah Pratt on next Thursday, right? Okay. Already next Thursday? Jeez. Fast. I can't believe January is already. I know, right? I keep looking at my calendar going, seriously? It's like the 20th this weekend? Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like the month just started. I feel like I have all this time, but I really don't. I know. I feel like I just got back to work. I feel like I just started back to work two days ago. Mm -hmm. And it's literally, you know, the 18th. Mm -hmm. I feel like 2018, at least for me, I've just hit the ground running. Um, yes. Whether I want to take a break or not, it's just <laughs> boom, everything's happening. Um, it's really cool, and I'm really going with it, but I kind of know what a pinball feels like, so that's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, so um, I guess we'll, we'll transition now into yes. our, our book discussion. Um, so the book of the month is The Atlantean by Deborah Pratt. Um, this is book one of five. So, uh, we, I definitely, well, you know, when I, I mentioned this last week when I got the, the box of books, as I affectionately call it, um, <laughs> you know, there's, I feel like when you're, you're taking on a series, there's a lot of pressure to like, oh, I, I you know, I better like this book because, mm -hmm. There's five whole books after, or four, I guess, after the, the first one. But, and science, this is our first like hardcore science fiction book, I feel like. I feel like this is our first actual science fiction book that we've read for the show. Well, I know we did um, The Golden Dragon, which I guess could kind of like yeah, fantasy slash yeah. science fiction. It probably bordered more on fantasy than science fiction. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But but this is the first like real science fiction. I, I feel like feel like we're growing, we're branching out. <laughs> um, but it's and you know, we, we mentioned this last week that the key to good science fiction is to start with like a grain of of truth, of fact, mm -hmm. and branch off from that. And I think, and I really want to ask um, Deborah when she joins us next week if she has a degree in science or biology or engineering because the world that she's built, I mean, it's so believable and it's so 
it, it's not so far-fetched that it could never happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe the aliens, maybe, depending on who you're talking to. But but everything else, I mean, it it could happen. Oh, you sound like the little kid from um, Angels in, in the Outfield. It could happen. Um. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah, I love the part um, in the door we're not giving away any spoilers. So in the fourth chapter where you've got um, where she starts to describe everything that's going on, because up until that part, it's kind of hard to distinguish whether this was something that's happening in like current Earth or current times. And it's just an alternate reality or no, this is something that's happened in the future after, you know, the pollution comes into play and those pesky polar ice caps uh, that everybody keeps warning us about um, how they you know basically end up becoming water world and then receding back again and now you've got this um yeah i kind of like expect kevin costner to like pop up now that you mentioned water world that's like exactly what that's i think exactly what i thought of with the water pirates when she mentioned water pirates i'm like oh water world um, <laughs> okay cool <laughs> so and i love the the care that she's taking into building this this world um I'm actually going to be on a panel with her at the end of February for a writer's conference about world building. So <laughs> I'm actually excited to be on the panel with her because I'm like, I've got questions now and lots of discussion points for the panel too. Because um, yeah, it's a lot of care that she's taken into building this world. And world building is so, and I was thinking about this, today while I was reading it, you know, with, with historical fiction, world building is key because you have to recreate a, a, a period of time that actually happened and you have to make it believable and accurate to the, the set, you know, the story that you're telling and the time period that you're focusing on. Mm -hmm. And then when you switch to science fiction, there's a whole other degree of attention that you have to pay to the world to make it believable because if you're just like rushing through it and you're like, oh, yeah, the polar ice caps melted and, you know, this is what's going on. If you rush through it, it's not going to be believable. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, I had to Google a word to see if it actually existed or if it was made up. And what was the verdict? Was it real? Did it, did it really exist? It is. It's a so. All right. So basically, and, and this isn't a spoiler, but um, basically, the when the story really really takes off is the machines have turned against mankind. It's very Terminator um, because they have these robots that are called the Black Guard that um, protect uh, humans. They, they protect people and they're the security for this temple where Laser's mom works. Mm -hmm. um, and they've been built with like human DNA. So they have living cells as their, their core, their brain, so to speak. And one of them has awakened and he has turned against mankind. But one of the laser blasts that they use to take down the security system is called a, hold on, it's at the very beginning of the chapter and I definitely Googled it. It's <laughs> a, a deuter, and I'm probably butchering the word, deuterium laser blast. It's D-E-U, 
T-E-R-I-U-M. And I was like, okay, is that real or is that fake? It is real. And hold on, I sent Diana a copy, of, a screenshot of that. Um, it is one of two stable isotopes of hydrogen. So it's like real. And it's like just that small thing that she, I mean, unless you're a scientist or an engineer, you may not have ever heard of that word before, like me, but to use something real and incorporate it into the story like that, and that, that tiny detail, I feel like that says a lot about her dedication to the story. And rant, right there. <laughs> well, I love to talk about the, um, uh, the, the idea of the robots turning on people, because it's very timely. Um, Sina, what's your thoughts on um, all of these this AI that's starting to come around? I know Michelle and I both have Alexas that we can get out of. Yes, I have an Alexa too, and I'm just amazed at the things she knows, and also even more amazed at the things she doesn't know, but we'll know in a few days later. Like, mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, so how did you go and get that information? You didn't have it today, but two days later, you're going to flash on your screen that you have the answer. I'm like, wow. <laughs> has, your Alexa, has your Alexa ever talked to you when you haven't talked to her first? Oh, for sure. And I'm like, it really freaks like, me out when she does that. Right. I'm like, you didn't say Alexa. I thought you had to say Alexa first. <laughs> I got my first Alexa for Christmas. Um, and it's been, it was a trial run. And we were like, okay, we're going to see how much we like this and how much I'm going to yeah. use it. Uh, we invested in like the cheap little $30 one. And I'm like, I've had, I had it for like a couple of days. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to get a, a nice bigger one. I love the ones with the screens now. I'm like, yes. I see, I'm really into this. Um, I don't know, for me, I like the idea of them. I really love them. Um, but it's Isaac, I can't remember his last name. It's Isaac um, Eismanoff. He wrote the, um, he was big in science fiction because I'm a historical fiction person. Historical fiction and romance and urban fantasy are my my go-to genres, particularly historical fiction. For some reason, all my life, everybody says I need to read science fiction. I love watching science fiction. I'm a huge Star Wars nerd, but I don't like reading it. So everybody has pushed all these science fiction books on me. And um, Isaac Asimov, I think it is, and he, um, I don't know if you guys remember the movie I, Robot with Will Smith back mm -hmm. in the day. Mm -hmm. It was based yep. on one of his books. And his and the guy developed rules for robots. The, the three rules of robotics or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he wrote books based on those rules, too. And I'm just hoping that, like, Elon Musk and Amazon... They're the ones gonna. They're gonna be bringing these all out. That they that they're fans of him, and that these are gonna be the rules. Because the first one is, do no harm to humans. Mm -hmm. And then the second rule, I think, is there's something else for the second rule. And then the third rule is follow the first rule. Um, so I'm really hoping that they follow that. Well, it's kind of crazy what they're coming up with. I mean, I read the other day um, about an artist who has a um, an exhibit going on right now in one of the clubs in Vegas, and it's robot strippers. <laughs> I read about that too. <laughs> yes. 
And that brings about a whole nother ethics question too. <laughs> right. I mean, is that ethical? Right. I mean, I'm the... like cheating now from the good place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's well, Siri though. Siri sometimes starts talking and doing things and I'm just like, okay, my phone is listening to my conversations. I need to mm -hmm. turn it off and move it to another room. I find that a little bit scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's why my husband for a while was anti-Alexa because he was like, she's going to be listening to us all the time. Do you really want her listening to us? You know, I, getting the information. I saw but, oh. I'm curious as a parent, one of my friends said they love the Alexa because the kids ask it questions all the time and you can go and see what all the queries are to see what your kids are interested in. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that as parents? Well, What's scary right now are um, I have a two year old and a three year old and the three year old um, is just now getting to the point where she can say the, the word Alexa to the point where Alexa will understand her because before she would say it and, and she wouldn't wouldn't understand it. But once she realizes that she can say Alexa order whatever and then all of a sudden we have amazon shipments coming for like shimmer and shine or whatever yeah. <laughs> sarah huckabee sanders just complained about that she ended up with an 80 dollars bill for batman toys uh from Lisa. <laughs> i don't have kids yet so i don't have to worry about that but i love the history challenge and the history stuff the stay in history I'm, yeah. i was like oh i could get those this is the best but um but Lily loved, we use Alexa mainly for, for music, like when we have like our dance parties. Mm -hmm. So she likes it for when she wants to hear a song, she knows that she can say, Alexa, play trolls or whatever she wants to play. But I watched this video once where um, someone asked Alexa, she, they were like, Alexa, do you work for the CIA? And like the first two times Alexa like went, gave the definition of what the CIA was. And then they asked her a third time and they said, Alexa, do you work for the CIA? And all she did was like chime again and didn't answer. <laughs> Don't be creepy. Don't do that. Right, right. <laughs> wow. But our Alexa is broken right now for some reason. Cause I've said her name at least 50 times and she has not chimed. <laughs> I don't. I don't think she's connected right now for some reason. But that would be a good thing since you can I mean, saying that we're not hearing, hearing trolls in the background. If I mean, if robots do take over the Earth, I feel like it will start with Alexa. I think absolutely so. in Siri. In Siri, those two. I think they they're in cahoots with each other to to start some trouble. <laughs> I just feel it. Well, one of the things I keep thinking about is like, the car. <laughs> <laughs> that they'll have those too. I keep thinking about um, a short story Kurt Vonnegut did. Um, and I love, I was a big Kurt Vonnegut fan. That was the one that hardcore science fiction author that I loved in high school. The one that I still love. But he did this one and it was all about um, this house that still operated on its own and it was a futuristic house where you had things like alexa and you had the robots that came out and swept and the people were all gone but the house still ran through its normal day functions without the people 
and it was really creepy. But I, it was really cool at the same time, and I just keep thinking about that. Every time I use Alexa, I keep thinking about that short story. Well, I feel like the Atlantean has kind of, like, taken that concept and just, like, exploded on it. Mm-hmm. Because now, and what's really interesting about the the concept, like, the core of the story is it kind of goes back to the inhabitants of Earth before humans. So that's, like, really, I feel like, where the science fiction comes in, because now we're talking about aliens. But it also talks about, you know, the, the secrets of the universe. So I've just gotten to the part, and I am slightly ahead of Diana. Let's pause to appreciate that fact. <laughs> never happens. Also, I got addicted to... Um... Heather Webb's latest book, The Phantom's Apprentice. Um, I know I have I have to buy. I know I have a copy of it accessible online as an ebook, but I need the book because the cover is beautiful. The cover is amazing. Yeah. Um, but as it's basically the uh, retelling of the Phantom of the Opera from Christina's point of view, and um, it's it's beautiful. And so I kind of got suckered into that one. But um, it, they have, so, you know, the, the main, one of the main characters is Kyla, and she is a splicer, which means she has human DNA and she has animal DNA, and she's like this, like, crossbreed. And at first, you know, they, they introduced her, and she has, like, these, um, like, I picture, like, diamond-shaped things like embedded in her skin that Mm -hmm. reveal her emotions like they change color based on her emotions but then as you go in and that's kind of like where I thought her her differences ended but did you get to the part where she has wings no I did not she's got wings that's awesome she has wings like she can fly wings part bird But they have all these, and now they're talking about, and I posted a picture of it on our Instagram story. They're talking, all these other splicers that are living among the humans. And there are splicers that are part rat, part spider. Like, why is that necessary? That's like from a How I Met Your Mother episode. That cockroach. It's the cockamouse. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wants that. And they're like these like scavengers that just like eat garbage and like if this were ever made into a movie, I'd be really interested to see how these were created. Mm. But yeah, like ugh. (laughs) Zena, your face is priceless right now. Just like eek. (laughs) It's something about rats and wings and all like those two she'll never they they shouldn't go together ever (laughs) (laughs) well yeah exactly and they always take my food at the beach well out here we have these spiders that are called jumping spiders oh yes and i've never heard of them until i moved here and they jump like 
they jump. <laughs> like not wow. a fan. Spicers sound cool though. Yeah. Right. Like I mean, I've have have we thought of any fantasy casting for for Kyla and Laser? No, because I mean, I picture them all to be like young adult, and I have to go hunting through like all those young adult uh, teen shows. Well, okay. Casting. I actually I have an idea for Laser, who is our our main character, and fantasy casting is a huge part of what we do here. <laughs> um, uh, did you ever? Okay, I know you saw Love Actually. Yes, because that is our movie. Um, but oh, we have a movie. Aww. We have a movie. Well, we have several movies. Um, <laughs> but, it's one of our movies. So oh. Sam, the the little kid. Oh, is in love. Let's get the shit kicked out of us for yes, love. That kid. Um, he's grown up and he's also in all the um, Maze Runner movies. Yeah. But that's kind of who I picture for Laser because like he's already been part of that like dystopian alternate world thing. I like it. I, like I feel it. like he would be a good fit for Laser. And Kyla, I have no clue. I can't picture, I, I keep picturing the diamonds on her chest that change color, and I can't think of an actress who has that. Call hmm. makeup honey. Just put her in a makeup I know. <laughs> you have to be kind of badass, though, because she's a splicer. You know, she'd have to have a little bit of an edge, right? Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. I don't, like, tapping into our young adult, scene is is new for us usually we go for like the older more established actor but we have to tap into the new actors now yeah and, and i feel like my actors range from like academy award winners to paw patrol <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no in between and i'm not a big young adult fan in general so i'm like Okay, 18, 19 year old. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I've I've revisited my vampire diaries days on Netflix. So I feel like I'm very much connected right now with with teen dramas <laughs> of the supernatural variety. Gotcha. Gotcha. But um I think we're actually about at our hour. I know we start a few oh. minutes late, but that went by super fast. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think I still have like a glass and a half of this left. This well, the good thing is that has a twisty cap. So <laughs> I was gonna say, just finish it tonight, Michelle. You could totally do it. Oh my gosh, no! Friday <laughs> mornings are already hard enough after one glass of wine. <laughs> I remember the days that I could go to bed at three o'clock in the morning and wake up at five and still go to work and be functional. And now it's like one glass of wine is like, oh my God, just kill me. Yeah, I remember those days. I remember you thought you were functional. <laughs> <laughs> you walked in acting like you thought you were fooling everybody about, about being functional. I didn't send anyone to the wrong resort in the wrong country. Everyone got where they were supposed to go. <laughs> Mission accomplished. 
Yeah, I did exactly. once. I did book the wrong year. They wanted to go to Hawaii on Christmas of like 2008, and I booked it for 2007. Ooh. So, or maybe it was the reverse. They wanted to go 2007, and I booked 2008. I think that's what it was. Mm. But it worked out. I didn't get fired. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us, Azina. It was so much fun talking to you. And I feel like we'll both be keeping in touch and, and watching Guitar Goddess. And I, I feel like I really want to check out the Hot Girl Fitness. I'll send it to you. Oh, really? I would love that. Absolutely. Not a problem. Done. You'll have it tomorrow. Yay. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, keep us updated with any news that you have. You're, you're part of the Wine Women Awards family now. So, oh, thank you. So... We, we like to, to keep in touch with, with our family members. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. It was fun. I can't wait to go pick up this book now. It's so cool. I'm just intrigued by the splicers. I can't wait to read it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like diamonds on the neck and wings. Like, I'm all about it. It yeah. sounds like a perfect stage costume. She's already <laughs> right. my favorite character. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Right, well, be sure to, 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 join, uh, to check us out next week. We will have Deborah on the show to talk about her book. So Perfect. it should be a really fun episode. Absolutely. I'll check it out. Thank you so much yeah. for having me, and I'll see you both soon. Thank you. you. Have a good night, night, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.